Today is Wednesday, June 29th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Will companies revolt against pro-life states? That is starting to happen. We'll have that top story and more on today's Quick Start podcast where we bring you the news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe. We'd love to have you with us Monday through Friday as we go through the news of the cray, as we call it. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips from CBNSFaithWire.com with a look at what's coming up on the pod today, guys. How's it going? Happy hump day, fellas. We've made it halfway there. Yes, indeed we have. Uh, I just can't believe that it's Wednesday. And that we've been doing this for two and a half weeks now. I know. You know See, Trey, uh, believe it. Believe it, Trey. Believe, believe it, it because it's science. As we keep saying, the Quick Start Challenge, try the pod for two weeks. You'll see. Your <laughs> week goes by faster. Guaranteed. That is the Quick Start guarantee. Though, um, I don't anyway. know. Do we need do we need the weeks to be going by faster than they already do, than they already do? Well, when you look at the news, I think so. I think you kind of <laughs> do. You need to just plow right on through that thing. But just, just skip ahead to the rapture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. What's coming up today? Well, Hillary Clinton is out doing uh, media appearances again, and she's lambasting uh, Justice Clarence Thomas's character over his opinion on Roe. We've got uh, some MSNBC host Joe Scarborough and Al Sharpton delivering some very curious commentary about abortion in the Bible. Yeah, man, there are the reactions are not stopping. And I think this fight is just beginning. And that's these stories today are an indication of that. Also on the main thing today, anti-Semitism related attacks are on the rise yet again. What's going on with that? And why is it happening now? That's on the main thing coming up a little bit later in the podcast but first thing today 50 migrants are believed to have died after they and others were found in sweltering conditions in a semi-truck in san antonio president joe biden called it horrifying and heartbreaking he also said the gop and governor abbott were grandstanding when they criticized biden's policies for the resulting carnage so you can check out our special biden's border which we aired last month and it's on the cbn news youtube channel that just chronicles the deterioration of the border since uh, President Biden took office. You can check that out over on CBN uh, News YouTube channel. So Amazon employees filed a public letter yesterday uh, in which they demanded the online retailer they stop any and all business in pro-life states. Here's a little bit of that letter. They say, we the undersigned come to you today to request immediate and decisive action against the threat to our basic human rights with the overturning of Roe v. Wade as part of Amazon's wide-reaching efforts toward a more inclusive and diverse workforce. We believe that Amazon cannot let this recent decision go unanswered. We ask Amazon, the world's best employer, to actively defend against this assault on our liberty. And so you're seeing this activism rise up, guys. Amazon, they also just this week uh, demanded their staff, again, the ban of books calling transgender people mentally ill. So the, this this is something that these Amazon employees are doing. They're just making these demands now. So uh, obviously why it matters is, as we were saying, and you were alluding to in your stories, guys, the fight on Roe v. Wade is just starting. You're seeing the battle lines. are They're not taking this laying down, uh, th- those who are proponents of Roe v. Wade. And I think you're seeing narratives start to settle in now, and you can kind of get an idea of what's coming up ahead. So the fight's just begun. 
we have no idea what's to come. We're going to see so many crazy, strange things. We're just starting to scratch the surface. And I think we can't, if you're on the pro-life side, you cannot take your sights off of moving forward in a way that's going to help people, coming up with plans to help women, and, you know, obviously combating some of this of this craziness. But I think we really have to keep our, our eyes on the prize in all of this if we're on that side of things. I completely agree. I think it's interesting to, to see how different companies are addressing this. We talked about yesterday some of the companies uh, in the way that they're uh, paying for travel for abortions. So many companies doing that. And CVS and, and Rite Aid uh, are now limiting the number of uh, of like Plan B pills, which a lot of people see as abortifacients. They're limiting the number of, uh, of those pills that women can buy in stores. Uh, and then also we have Elizabeth Warren and AOC out there wanting to, to prop up abortion tents inside national parks, yeah. which is <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Yeah, really radical ideas coming out. And I think it's interesting and why I wanted to start there today, because we saw it in other issues. You saw companies take political stands and become more activist in nature. Will that trend continue or get better? We'll keep you posted on that and more on CBNNews.com and FaithWire.com. What does the Bible say about abortion, guys? Well, the mainstream media, they've got some interesting ideas on that, particularly Morning Joe. Which is not where I go for my Bible advice, Billy, but nevertheless, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got MSC, NBC hosts uh, Joe Scarborough and Al Sharpton offering some very curious commentary. They said on Monday um, that real Christians should be incensed by the handling of abortion rights. And um, Sharpton really had the most interesting commentary. He said, quote, not only the reverend, the, the reverend Al Sharpton, by the, the way. Reverend, I'm sorry, wanna, I forgot. Yes, I, forgot I know. I, I, well, in the context of the story, I just wanted to point that out so sorry i'm sorry for interrupting you yeah do not be sorry he also (laughs) notes that he's been a preacher since he was a a little boy Um, but he said not only do democrats need to aggressively go out there real christians real christians that really study the bible ought to be incensed i've been a preacher since i was a little boy Um, and then he goes on to say that he's he's incensed and insulted that they have hijacked the bible and jesus to distort and misquote create quotes that are not there to justify a right-wing kind of ideology. I could go on and on, but but he's accusing, you know, it's, it sounds like he's accusing those on the pro-life side of hijacking the Bible and Jesus. Uh, Joe Scarborough, who has repeatedly, by the way, said very similar things, he said that abortion is not mentioned in the New Testament, not in the Gospels, and it's not mentioned by Jesus, and he said, quote, not one time. Um, I should note that it's interesting. I would imagine that most people would look at the scriptures and say that it's covered under thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not kill. Um, And we also know that the Bible is very clear on life throughout, that God is very pro-life, obviously, sending his son um, for all of us, dying on the cross for all of us so that we can live. So, I mean, we could go on and on with all of that, but the commentary is very bizarre. It's very strange. And uh, I mean, they just went all in on this. It's as though everybody on the Christian side talking about this issue is insane. They're not real Christians. They don't understand the Bible. And they're just sort of lecturing to us on it. It's I got to tell you, it's it's bizarre. And it shows how the divide is in the country right now and how differently we really do view things. And from a Christian perspective, I mean, there are so many verses. We've covered it on Faithwire before and on CBN talking about all the times just in the different ways, the womb is mentioned in the Bible. It's it's hundreds of times, and you see it prominently in to, in verses like Psalm one thirty nine thirteen, and talking about how you were formed, and we know you know God knows your 
innermost parts and formed you in your mother's womb. And it, it I mean, just so very, very clearly, um, you know, when John leaps in the womb, being near Jesus, who is in the womb, uh, th- these things very clearly show that life is happening in the womb. It's not something that is exclusive to outside the womb, but to, to show the level of where we're at. And, and I think why it's important to bring it up, it's not just to laugh at you know, how heretical they are on MSNBC, but these are actual arguments being made. And you have to be ready to counteract these arguments with scripture, with truth, uh, with love, all of those things combined. So you got to be ready for that. You can't just scoff at it because these are real things being peddled by lots of people. They're misrepresenting the Christian view many times. And so I just think we need to be ready for that. Yeah, I mean, as Christians, we should take this seriously, and we should certainly be bothered. I mean, not when we see MSNBC doing what MSNBC does, but as Christians, we should be bothered uh, when we see other believers misusing the Bible. And that's not to say that all three of us always get everything right about Scripture. You know, we make plenty of mistakes in our... Yeah, except for Billy, okay. <laughs> like <laughs> we we make plenty of mistakes in our interpretation over the years, and as we learn and, and grow and become more mature in our faith, so that that's just part of uh, of human nature and, and life. But it's different though to to just go out and and say something that you know that you know is in complete violation of what Scripture actually says, but then trying to pass it off and using the Bible as this cudgel to make some sort of political point and and score some sort of victory there. So, you know, I think there are serious consequences for that. Um, And we as Christians Mm. ought to be aware about it, recognize it, call it out, uh, and then also guard against it in ourselves, because we all have pet things that we're we're kind of passionate about, you know, so we need to make sure that that what we believe lines up with what Scripture actually says. Well, yeah, and then and using logical arguments as well, like to say, yeah. oh, they don't say abortion in the Bible. Well, you know, they There's don't plenty say of the words Trinity. that are not don't say specifically the, there. The Trinity, one of the key doctrines of <laughs> yeah. Christianity, is not actually mentioned in the Bible. But any person with four functioning brain cells knows that you can read a text and realize things about that text that may not be explicitly stated in that text. So um, it's just bad argumentation, and, and it's it's in bad faith, really. And um, so to your point, we've got to be, be able to identify that when, uh, when we see it. So, all right, let's, uh, the left now, they're going after Clarence Thomas, Justice Thomas here, which I, which I find interesting, as you mentioned at the top tray, Hillary was first in line for this with some controversial comments, which he wasn't even the main, uh, ju- you know, the, the main uh, opinion on this, on this particular ruling. So interesting that he's the target here. Yeah, for sure. So former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton is lashing out at Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, like you said, Dan, for his concurrent opinion uh, in the Dobbs case, which overturned, obviously, the precedent set by Roe v. Wade. Uh, So Clinton appeared on CBS this morning where Gail King asked her about his opinion and what it could say about other Supreme Court rulings. And Clinton used that as really a a springboard to just besmirch Thomas's character. Uh, She also claimed that the ruling will lead to scores of women uh, dying. So take a listen to what she said. I went to law school with him. Mm -hmm. He's been a a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. And he has signaled uh, in the past to lower courts, to state legislatures, to find cases, pass laws, 
get them up. I may not win the first, the second, or the third time, but we're going to keep at it. So that, she's not the only one, Hillary, is not the only one to be making these kinds of comments. Whoopi Goldberg made similar comments, just kind of going after Clarence Thomas for his character. And it seems a lot of it really has to do with his ethnicity. A lot of the attacks have been centered on his ethnicity, his character, the fact that he's a conservative and also is a black man has been a, a, a center of, of controversy for the left. Uh, so also during that interview, uh, Hillary was asked about her presidential uh, aspirations still. Uh, so she's run for president twice, you know, once in 2008, and then obviously against Trump in 2016. Uh, but still the media is apparently claiming that third time is a charm. Uh, CNN said that this is her moment uh, in an article by uh, Chris Saliza. Uh, so King asked Clinton about whether she'd consider running for a third time. And she said she can't imagine doing it. But King pushed back and said, that's not a no. Uh, so that's, that's the latest with Hillary Clinton. It's interesting that the left can feel comfortable in criticizing when they say the things they do about race and to make those sorts of comments out loud when you just know if the shoe is on the other foot, how the reaction would be to that. So why someone like Hillary thinks she, she deserves a pass for making a claim like this is just uh, it's beyond the pale, really. I think, too, pulling back the idea that people are so comfortable trashing other people yeah. who are in similar similar stature in that way is sort of emblematic of where we are and you know these are people who should have some level of respect that's not that's not a critique of the way he looks at the law or the way he interprets the constitution that's a critique of the very person that he is right um and if somebody said that about hillary clinton now a lot of people say that about hillary clinton but if somebody of her of a similar stature said that about her can you imagine you know the reaction to that very similar thing angry woman you know all these other things i just i found it bizarre that she was so comfortable talking that way in general about a supreme court justice some of it goes back to the fact like both of you said because of her political affiliation right she's been given a pass and she's been made comfortable because she's part of the left so so it's, they're not going to be, uh, you know, called out like somebody like Donald Trump had been throughout his presidency, uh, sometimes for good reason. Uh, but they know that the, the, the media is not going to call you out if you're right. a yeah. Democrat. Yeah, you got a bit of a safety net there. So, all right. Well, speaking of uh, attacks, guys, on the main thing today, anti-Semitic attacks, they're on the rise. What is going on right now? Why is this happening yet again? Well, Trey has the details. 2021 saw a meteoric rise in the number of anti-Semitic attacks nationwide, with the Anti-Defamation League tracking more than 2,700 incidents in the calendar year alone. That's a 34% spike from the year before. As Christians, we ought to be keenly aware of this issue and play an active role in combating it. We spoke with Scott Phillips, the CEO of Passages, a faith-based organization dedicated to taking Christian students on trips to the Holy Land. Here's our conversation. The rise in anti-Semitism and particularly anti-Semitic attacks over the last few years has been something that's that's been a long time coming. It's a trend that, that's been going on for a few years. Why do you think that is? I think I think it comes from various reasons, uh, whether it comes from the left or the right. Um, I think that a lot of it has to do with uh, the fact that this is an age-old problem. It's an age-old issue, and it's been around for thousands of years. Anti-Semitism is nothing new. It's somehow found its way in different forms 
whether it be through violence or whether it be uh, through, you know, something that can seem minor, but obviously leads to other things, which is telling jokes that have, you know, these these age old anti-Semitic tropes. And so I think, you know, really, uh, I, I think that a lot of this has to do with a lack of education. Maybe some people don't even know, um, you know, that certain, um, you know, stereotypes are anti-Semitic, but it's just understanding that those things are. Um, you know, that can really help combat this. Um, and so I, I think that education is really important for that. You know, another issue that I think we've seen, particularly in the last, I don't know, five or five or six years, is the politics of this situation. And politics is unfortunately not something that we can divorce from, from really any issue and certainly not uh, the rise in anti-Semitism. How do you think that has potentially contributed to the problem? Well, um, it's a great point. And I think, as I mentioned a bit ago, this this happens on the left and it happens on the right uh, when it comes to uh, anti-Semitism. Usually it's the far left or the far right um, where you see these, um, you know, these trends of anti-Semitism. Uh, come about. So um, it definitely has to do with politics, but unfortunately, neither side uh, really uh, can say they don't have it in their ranks. Uh, I think that, you know, um, each side has to to do their best uh, to, to, to root it out from their ranks. Yeah, you know, I think that's exactly right. I don't think it's a, I don't think everybody can point fingers to one side of the political aisle and say this is solely your issue. I think it's a human issue. And whenever sin is present, uh, you know, or wherever, wherever people are present, there's going to be sin present. Uh, so, but I want to ask as Christians, how can we kind of meet this moment and step in and be a, a catalyst for positive change? Yeah. Um, you know, we as Christians have a very unique opportunity to be able to stand with our Jewish friends. I think first we have to understand the history of you know, the shared history that Jews and Christians have, the shared story that Jews and Christians have. Um, as, as we know, uh, Christianity was born out of Judaism. Christianity was born in the land of Israel, the land of the Jewish people, the, you know, the authors of the Bible and the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament all the way through the New Testament um, were Jews who wrote, wrote the Bible. And so I think to first understand that and understand and connect with our shared, our shared values, our shared stories, um, and then from there, you know, really just educate ourselves on the history of anti-Semitism. And then I think once we have really a, a solid foundation of education, we can then reach out uh, to build meaningful relationships uh, with our Jewish friends. And uh, relationships are key. Relationships are important. If you hear something about anti-Semitism uh, happening in New York City or on a campus, wherever it may be, if you know Jews in your local community, um, you'll be able to really put a face to this and realize this is these are these are human beings. Um, these are people, and, and it's a, a people group that you have relationship with. And so I think education, building relationships, and then standing up. Um, you know, whenever you hear an anti-Semitic joke, or you know, if there's you know, God forbid, like we've seen. Um, you know, synagogue shootings or violent attacks against Jews in a community, show up, show up and show your support and say, I stand with the Jewish community. This will not be allowed to happen. And so those three things, education, relationships, and standing up, I think those are important for Christians. 
And you obviously lead passages of Israel, uh, which helps Christians connect, as you said just a, a couple minutes ago, uh, connect to the birthplace of our faith. Uh, and I think that that's an important and integral part of this conversation is, uh, you know, it's it's a cliche, but it's true that it's harder to hate up close, right? So the more uh, that you experience a culture, and particularly the more that we as Christians experience a culture that is so uh, deeply and spiritually rooted with our culture and our religious belief, I think the, the more we do that, the better. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the work Passages does and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, you know, Passages really is passionate about helping young people, the next generation of Christian leaders, discover the roots of their faith. Um, and that's what we were just talking about, right? That our roots exist um, in a tradition that's thousands of years old. Uh, Christianity didn't just come out of a vacuum. It didn't just pop out of nowhere. No, Jesus, the disciples, they were Jewish. And there's a whole story that happened before, you know, Jesus even came. Um, and so we take students over to see Israel, to, to, to connect with their roots, to strengthen their Christian faith, strengthen their Christian identity by showing them the place where their faith was born, that they have a deep spiritual heritage in the land of Israel. And then we also, we, we make that bridge uh, to help them meet the people that live in Israel today, Jews, of course, but also Palestinians, uh, Arabs, Muslims, Christians. Uh, they get to hear different perspectives in Israel and hear what's happening in Israel today. And then when they come home, the, the, the trip is just a catalyst. We have a whole leadership development program, opportunities um, for young people to continue, uh, you know, to, uh, to strengthen their faith, but also um, to stand with Israel, to stand with the Jewish community back here at home, to address the, the challenge we've been talking about today. And you mentioned faith a few times, obviously, the, you know, the Jewish faith, but then, of course, our Christian faith. And I can't help but wonder if uh, this decline we've seen over the last several years of faith in society more broadly uh, is connected to the rise in anti-Semitism. Do you see a, a direct connection there? Well, certainly there is, um, there are connections when it comes to, um, you know, surveys will say that, uh, you know, 4% of Gen Z have a biblical worldview or believe that the Bible is God's word or, you know, have that connection um, compared to 6% in a generation before, 8% a generation before that. And of course, we see that, you know, 20, 20% or so uh, of students easily just put their faith on the shelf. If they've been raised in church, they go to college put it on the shelf. You see also surveys when it comes to Israel and support for Israel in an older generation of Christians, that support is there. Um, uh, but with the younger generation, we see that sliding, you know, that sliding down to, you know, depending on which survey, 30 to 40% of Christians, you know, 18 to 35 um, supporting Israel. And so, uh, look, I mean, I think you can tie those together. I think that if you have people that read the Bible and that read the Bible for what it is, read about the Jewish people in the Bible and realize that their savior, right? Jesus is Jewish. Um, then I think you have a hard time holding anti-Semitism in your heart. So yes, I think you can tie those things. Hmm. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people say uh, that they they fully support the Jewish community uh, or, or they're proud to stand with uh, the Jewish culture and the Jewish society. But then, you know, for, for many reasons, politically, I know is one of them, it's harder to uh, to connect 
Israel uh, specifically uh, to that situation. And you mentioned that with the older generation, that that jump is not as difficult to make, right? That support uh, is there. Uh, so how can uh, maybe older Americans help pass that passion and love, not just for the Jewish people, but for Israel to the younger generation? Well, I think that what we have to realize is that to support Israel doesn't mean you have to agree with every single thing the government of the state of Israel does. I mean, the government mm -hmm. there changes. Uh, this one has lasted a year and now it's, it's you know, it's uh, it, this this particular government's fallen. So I think I think it's understanding beyond the politics, beyond certain policies of the Israeli government, whether you agree or disagree. Um, really, it is uh, it's about understanding that uh that the jewish people um uh for thousands of years did not have a place to go there was no jewish state right um the jewish state was uh founded immediately you know a few years after the holocaust um just imagine if there were a jewish state before 19 the 1930s and 40s um, maybe we wouldn't have had 6 million Jews die. Maybe they could have gone to a place where they could defend themselves by themselves. So I think for an older generation, it's, it's, it's realizing that a younger generation may not see it exactly like them, um, but to help them understand and help them realize that the, that the, the whole idea of supporting Israel is supporting the Jewish people because the Jewish people have a place to feel they can go to be safe. You know, my last question for you is for, for anybody who wants to learn more uh, about passages, the work that you do, whether they want to go on a trip, contribute to the cause, whatever, where can they get more information? Yes, uh, they can go to passagesisrael.org. Uh, if you know of a young person, maybe you're a young person or you know of a young person, someone college age, uh, uh, they can go and apply for a trip there. And also, if you want to be able to contribute to student scholarships, these are highly scholarship trips to be able to make these affordable for young people and go to passagesisrael.org. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with us. Thanks for having me. All right, Trey, thank you so much for that interview there. And while we're on the topic of Israel here, guys, um, there are some stunning historical artifacts that are making their way home to a new Israeli museum. And this is a series of exceptional 1,700-year-old Roman mosaics that they've returned home to Israel now, where the collection went on public display for the first time Monday after more than a decade. And they were first discovered... Uh, back in 1996. So it's amazing when you, Israel, all this stuff that comes up in history and so much of it, as you can see on cbnnews.com frequently, just proof and evidence of all of the things we read in the Bible. That's the cool part though, right? Watching the Bible come yeah, alive through, totally. through these things. Yeah, absolutely. To see things that, that kind of confirm what we already knew to be true. Obviously, we don't need this evidence uh, because right. we already believe, but it is cool to see in culture and the world uh, find fewer and fewer ways to deny the veracity of, of what yeah. we know to be true. 100%. And if you've never been to Israel, make sure you find a way to get over there. It is, it is incredible to be at the place where God chose to reveal himself to his people. So, um, phenomenal stuff there. You can check it all out on cbnnews.com. So, all right, that is all the time we have for this episode of the Quick Start Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. We'd love to have you here Monday through Friday. Don't let algorithms decide when you see your Christian news or not. So, Lord willing, in that creek, don't rise on us. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. God bless.